Hey everybody, welcome to a new edition of The Peach Pit. My name is Jason Longshore, one of the managing editors at DirtySouthSoccer.com. Uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, I'm at Longshoe, and follow Dirty South at Dirty South Sock, S-O-C. So we are on Monday night, uh, week of the MLS Super Draft, and the Atlanta United rumor train is flying along down the tracks. It hasn't derailed just yet, but it's getting close. Lots of stuff to catch up on, and we're going to do that right now. Let's start with the third designated player and some rumors floating around about that. Uh, Sam Stedgecall of MLSsoccer.com posted an article about possible trades with the number two pick, but also threw in the bonus that Darren Eels mentioned that that third designated player could be defensive, which would be a surprise. Um, when Tata Martino was announced at his press conference, he was asked specifically, and I believe it was by Doug Roberson of the AJC, you know, what, where do you expect the designated player signings to be on the field? And he said midfield to the front. So you would think midfielders and attackers. Uh, Miguel Almiron definitely fits that bill, but this third DP spot could be a center back. And this is also counter to other rumors and reports out there about Atlanta looking to use targeted allocation money to add a top level center back. I believe top level in quotes was used by Ivis Galarsep of uh, SBI Soccer. Little bit of a surprise, honestly. Uh, you don't see a, a whole lot of designated players in the back. Uh, I'm not against it by any stretch. I've said all along that if if they use a designated player slot on a center back, that you know it's it's not a bad thing in principle. You don't want to see it on a center back that you know isn't going to perform. You don't want to see a center back designated player signing for name value. Uh, John Terry was one that was thrown around in the early days, and luckily we've moved on from that. I, I'd have to see who the center back is, and that's really the biggest question. If it's a guy that you can build around for a few years and a guy that younger players can develop under, then I'm all for it. If it's a guy who can really solidify this back line, I'm all for it. I guess I'm probably most surprised because of the moves bringing in Michael Parkhurst and Zach Lloyd uh, and also Jeff Lorenowitz, who can be used as a center back. You know, there's not as strong of a need for a designated player level center back with those pieces in place. We'll see what happens. Uh, no names have been attached to that DP center back signing just yet. Uh, Paul Tenorio followed up on the defensive rumors today at 442 and mentioned that there are two center back options the club is pursuing. One is a younger player from a big club on loan, and the other is an older veteran defender. The only name that's been thrown around that matches up with the older defender is Martin DiMichelis uh, of Espanol, formerly of Manchester City. That was another one of these somewhat surprising rumors because, in my opinion, he is a... Uh, slightly older, you know, better track record, but older and slower version of Michael Parkhurst in a, you know, a ball playing center back. And at 36, uh, he's barely played with Espanol this year. He looked like he was struggling for pace at times with Manchester City in his last season there. 
a bit surprising when you already have Parkhurst in the fold. So we'll see what happens there. It looks like he is out of contract with Espanol. Uh, he was either trying to buy his contract out or, or get released. And if he comes on a free, then it is a little bit different conversation. But still, you wonder where he fits unless it's just veteran leadership and coming off the bench uh, because pairing him with Parkhurst could be a bit of a problem for pace in the back, especially in this league. The younger player from a big club on loan, uh, no idea who that could be. You start to, and it was a young, uh, a European club. Let's make sure that's clear. So that would possibly make, that would, I guess that would lead you to believe that the Newell's Old Boys rumored uh, two players coming over on loan in Valenzuela and Palachi is probably done. Looks like Atlanta's upgraded from what those two guys could bring to the table. A young player from a big club on loan. A lot of people have speculated maybe uh, optimistically about a Cameron Carter Vickers from Tottenham due to the Darren Eels connection. That would be quite the coup. I guess anything's possible, but there's been nothing on the cards to, to lead you to believe that's going to happen except for the Darren Eels Tottenham connection. So we'll have to wait. Looks like lots of things could happen in the back line. The number two pick in the draft is next on my list. Looks like it's up for trade. Uh, not a surprise. The MLS Super Draft is quite the dealer's den when it comes to moving these picks around. Uh, last year, Philadelphia had three of the top six picks and really rebuilt their squad through the draft. There's a lot of people who are interested in really the top three players that have, have set themselves apart a bit here with Jeremy Ebobise, Abu Dunladi, and Miles Robinson. A lot of people you know, are, are expecting Minnesota United to take Ebobise with the number one pick. And Miles Robinson has been very impressive so far at the draft combine out in L.A. Looks like a lot of teams are very interested in bringing him in. He's been projected as a potential national team center back. He's drawn comparisons to Steve Birnbaum. Uh, I believe there was a comparison earlier this week to Jelly Van Dam. Either one, you know, you're getting a guy who's a generation Adidas player, be off your books for at least a year, probably two, and could turn into one of the best center backs in the league. Any team's going to want that. If Atlanta's going more veteran or bigger names at center back, then maybe Miles Robinson's not as appealing to them. So they might be willing to trade down. Uh, with that number eight pick that Atlanta also has, you can still get a contributor. And I think there's a lot of options that you could go with at eight. If you want to get center back depth, if you don't get both of these center back options that Paul Tenorio mentioned, you could possibly get Brandon Aubrey at the number eight pick. You could also potentially get Abu Bakar from Dayton with the number eight pick. Uh, both would be solid there. You're going to have some right back options for depth uh, behind Mark Bloom as it sits right now and possibly Zach Lloyd. Uh, Chris Adoy Atsum is the one that I like the best. Speedy outside back who can get forward well. Uh, he previously was a forward. So he would fit Tata Martino's, Martino's system really well. Uh, he has been in mock drafts anywhere from, I think, 6 to about 10. So he could be right in that wheelhouse at number 8. And there's also a couple midfielders who could be interesting for Tata Martino at 8. 
Uh, Ja'Cory Hayes is the one that I think is the best fit from Wake Forest, a smaller technical central midfielder who they're not quite sure if he's going to project as a defensive midfielder, a six or a box to box midfielder, an eight at the next level. Uh, the Canadian generation Adidas signing Shamit Shom from FC Edmonton is another guy who's kind of in that spot in mock drafts around eight, uh, who has a year of experience at the NASL level, which is very valuable, uh, with young players coming in other rumors. And there's a few out there, uh, right now. The one that popped up today out of Italy is Lucas Biglia from Lazio, who is a big, big time player, which would be quite a shock if Atlanta United was in for him, more of a holding midfielder, uh, could be in that, you know, pairing with a Chris McCann or Kevin Kratz or Harrison Heath, uh, could be playing the six by himself, which is something that if you look at Tata Martino teams, that number six role is very, very important. And if he wants to focus on that, he could be that somewhat defensive designated player signing uh, that was mentioned to Sam Stejkal. Defensive midfielder, but defensive. Uh, he would definitely be a designated player signing. He would possibly be uh, the most expensive player ever brought in by MLS. His agent is rumored to be headed to at Atlanta or to the U.S. to speak with Atlanta United. We'll keep an eye on that one. That's a huge, surprising bit of news. Uh, if that one comes off, you know, we've talked about bold moves being Atlanta United's forte. That would be potentially the boldest move of all to bring in a player like that in his prime out of Serie A to be a very, very expensive number six. Uh, from a competitive standpoint, it would be an amazing move to be able to lock down that role with a player of that caliber and then let your four other midfielders really just go. It would be a nice, uh, nice luxury to have. And Atlanta United has shown they're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to prioritize being competitive year one. So maybe this is more likely than my gut reaction was, but I'm still, I'm still skeptical of that move with Biglia. Other two players who have been mentioned with Atlanta United in recent days, Juan Casares uh, from Atletico Mineiro, really no update there other than he's not playing in the Florida Cup with his club, but they had quite a few players who aren't playing, so that might not mean as much as, as you might think. And uh, Darwin Quintero, who is now being linked to the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, haven't heard any updates on the Atlanta United link there. Another one that has broken tonight is Yamil Assad, who we've talked about before. A young midfielder from Vela Sarsfield who appears to be joining Atlanta United on loan for one year with an option to buy. Uh, Velez tweeted out earlier that he is joining an MLS club on a year loan on a year long loan. Uh, they did not mention Atlanta United specifically, but he has not been linked to any other club. So we have to assume that this is what's going to happen here. He's 22. He has played both in the middle and on the right. Most people project him to be a central attacking midfielder or a number eight. Uh, his best season was 2015, where he scored four goals in 24 games with Velez. He was recently involved in an auto accident. He was not injured. There's been some different speculation. He was leaving a nightclub. Uh, not sure when the actual accident happened. His, his card looked very bad from the pictures. Uh, but no injuries that we know of. 
his biggest problem at Velez, and there, if if you've followed this on Twitter tonight, there have been quite a few comments out of Velez Sarsfield fans uh, about this move. His father is an absolute legend at Velez Sarsfield, and he has not lived up to that yet, which is hard for anybody to live up to, let alone you know your dad. So a change of scenery really could do him well and really renew the potential that a lot of people have talked about when it comes to Assad uh, on loan with an option to buy. Uh, you would not expect him to be a designated player. He would possibly be an allocation money move. I'm not sure what kind of salary he'd be carrying over or what kind of loan fee Atlanta United would be paying. But you would like to think that if Tata Martino wants to bring him in, he sees something in Assad and sees something that he can potentially develop. So I'm going to trust Martino on this one. Um, looking at him, you know, just from, from what you can find, scouting reports and, and reports on Assad, he, he fits the bill of a Martino midfielder. He's technical, uh, not quite as speedy as an Almiron or Vishalba, but technical uh, passer good acceleration, good pace, you know, not, you know, world beating pace like some other guys that they have, but good pace. He, he can be a fit. Now it remains to be seen, you know, where he fits and how this looks. I think it's, there's still some big pieces to decide how this lineup is going to shake out, but he could be that number 10. He could be that number eight to play next to an Almiron, or he could be on one wing with Vishalba on the other uh, if they go that route. So lots of stuff to unpack when it comes to Atlanta United right now. We'll be on top of it at DirtySouthSoccer.com. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter for the latest because it seems like the news never stops right now. Uh, Friday is the draft, 3 o'clock. We will preview it on the Peachtree Post Friday morning, starting at 10 with our live show, blogtalkradio.com slash Peachtree Post. And then we will be doing something um, either during or after the draft for some analysis. Stay tuned. We're not sure what that's going to look like just yet. Uh, could be on Blog Talk or it could be a Facebook Live. Stay tuned for that. Anyway, with all that, I uh, hope that was not too much for you to take in. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at Longshoe. My name is Jason Longshore, and I'll be back, I'm sure, with another Peach Pit this week ahead of the 2017 MLS Super Draft. Thanks for listening. See you all next time.